1: Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and I get to have the privilege of being the Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 104.1 The Fish, 93.1 El Ray, and our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM. And if you are a KPDQ-FM listener, I'm sure you've heard Haven Today airing weekdays at 12.30 p.m. Our very special guest is Charles Morris, the host of... And speaker of Haven today. He's also the president of the organization. So welcome, Charles. How are you today?
2: Mike, I'm I'm doing great. I'm a little tired. We can talk about that later, but I'm doing great. And uh, the Lord is just so good. And I've had a wonderful, wonderful week uh, with the Lord the past several days.
1: Well, you do a lot of traveling. I'd love to see your frequent flyer mileage. <laughs>
2: you know, you know where that'll get you today? Nowhere. <laughs>
1: One of the great mysteries of life is how you could sit next to someone on a plane with a $90 ticket, and they've got a $900 ticket. I'll never understand that. I'll never understand insurance right, yes, rates.
2: And- yes, that's true, very true. And, um, and and you know, it's just – it's hard to find those frequent flyer seats today. I try uh, to to only be out about once a month, but sometimes that once a month turns into a couple weeks on the month or something, But but that's the goal at least.
1: Well, it's good to have you aboard. And one of the special reasons that you've been traveling lately involves Cuba, doesn't it?
2: That's right. Um, a, a medical doctor friend of mine in Florida has been going for about five years, and certain visas are allowed. They're quite a few hoops you have to go through but a religious visa is one of them and he was after me and so I was invited in uh, by the uh, president of the Cuban Council of Churches and uh, and so went in spent about 8 days uh took a couple members of our team here at Haven today and then also um, a few businessmen a couple doctors and uh, another pastor and uh, Just uh, we wanted to see what's happening with the gospel. Uh, Now with trade relations about to fully open up with Cuba, uh, what's going on, what's happening, and, uh, you know, what's happened in all these decades that Cuba was closed to Americans. And uh, it was pretty exciting what we learned going there.
1: This doesn't happen every day that people get invited to a country, does it?
2: Well, uh, you know, I I, I guess communist countries have a history of doing this, but I was not invited in by the communist government. I was invited in by an On Fire for Jesus pastor uh, who happens to be the president of this organization of 50-plus Protestant denominations. And uh, and they also have the Cuba Bible com- Commission under them, and uh, and that's made up of all the Protestant denominations. and uh, And uh, was invited in just to go visit some churches. I was able to visit house church uh, churches, and I'll tell you the bottom line. Like what I learned was that uh, the number of born again evangelical Christians in Cuba has recently doubled. Uh, to what it was in 1959 when the revolution took place. And just since uh Raul Castro, the pasto about 8 years, took over when his brother got sick, Fidel got sick. Raul took over, and I think they've probably done it because they're so desperate for the cash. They need money coming in. But he has given buildings back to churches that had been taken away. Uh, he's allowing people to have Bibles, but that's a whole other story. We'll talk about a little later if we have time. And uh, he's he's uh, he's allowed house churches to exist. There are twenty thousand house churches in Cuba just since Raul. Ten thousand of them, Mike, are in the fastest growing, largest denomination in the country, which would be the Assemblies of God. And the Eastern Baptists are the second largest, and they would be connected with uh, Southern Baptists. So, uh, yeah, I was able to uh, meet with the president of the Eastern Baptist Convention, the uh, head of the Assemblies of God, uh, the head of their Bible Commission, just on and on and on. And, And I've been to China several times. Um, partly I'm sure it was just the Latin American, uh, temp, Latin America temperament, but, uh, I didn't feel like somebody was, was listening into conversations, you know, leaning over my shoulder or something. And you do feel that way in, in China. I've always felt that way in China and I have been followed and I know I've been followed in China. You don't feel that in Cuba. But what you do sense when you're around Christians is there truly is a revival going on, and uh, and and you ask them over and over again, you ask any Christian in the country, what do you really need? And they're not looking to make higher wages; they're looking to to they they need Bibles, they need Bibles, and they'll tell you, we don't, you know, we, we we're not. We don't feel so much like we need to change the economy or the political system. And by this, they don't mean that they're pro communists and they love their government. Uh, it is what it is. But, uh, but what they do believe is they see a revival. They see the Lord Jesus coming to live in people's hearts. And uh, homes, families are being changed, families coming to Christ. They want to see that continue. And they're afraid. When 3 million American tourists come in, there's a million Canadians that have been coming in for several years now here, year. but when 3 million Americans come every year, what's that going to do? How's that going to change a country of 11 million people, which has uh, very, very little infrastructure?
1: So what do you think God has used as some of the major catalysts for church growth?
2: Uh Persecution. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's I'm sad sorry, that it, it comes down I to that that, China, that we need to persevere through things. Too. It's just, it's incredible that we do have to go through adversity to really get desperate for God,
2: unfortunately. We do. We do. But um I've heard this from people in in China too. You know, we don't really we don't know whether we should have everything that you guys have in America. Um we're not so sure that's for the good. Uh, and, and again, they're not doing this because they're pro-communist. <laughs> uh, that's not why they're doing it. Um, I'll tell you a little story, and I won't give you the names or details, but it happened in Oregon last week at a Christian school uh, close to me. I know this story firsthand. And the history teacher at this Christian junior high and high school uh, was warning the students— about trade relations opening with Cuba, and mark my words, the Cubans are going to try to invade the United States with communism. And uh, and I'm sorry, Mike, but I heard that and I had to laugh. Uh, the invasion will only be one direction, and hopefully, we Christians are going to be part of that invasion, not to buy. Christians off there not to bring in our brand of whatever they're very fearful of that too but to go in and pray with them and encourage them and how can we help you how can we do something that will be of help for you to share the gospel with others and bibles is one thing that's why we're on the air on Haven today for a few days and we're we're raising money for bibles and i hope there's some uh, listeners on AM 800 that will pick up their phones, and we'll we'll say, hey, I can give a few Bibles uh, for people in Cuba uh, to change some lives.
1: I love the fact that before you became the speaker and host for Haven today, Charles Morris, you have a background in the mainstream media. You came from being a broadcast news reporter to uh, an editor and a bureau chief for United Press International you were even press secretary for a couple of former U.S. senators before yeah. owning and running your own radio station. So with the mainstream media being what it is, we tend to get skewed visions and perspectives on on things. But the fact that you yourself actually went down to Cuba, in my eyes, gives us a much broader and accurate oh, view of what oh. actually is going on in Cuba today.
2: Well, I'm just an old journalist hack, with the, and I can be crusty Mike very crusty sometimes and and I tend not to believe someone especially if I go into a place like Cuba you know my my antenna's up and and I'm looking around but um uh yeah that was my background and I was I was uh I was a Jonah at one point in my life I was running more away from God than I was to God and uh and finally Mike in my late 20s the Lord just reeled me in and and brought me in home, and uh, and I'm so ever grateful for that. Uh, but yes, I, I was a journalist, and and continued to do things for a number of years, even after uh, the Lord brought me back to Him. Uh, I continued to to do things related to journalism for a number of years. But the Lord is so gracious, and and now I I got to go to Cuba in the last few days, and I got to share Christ. Um, and I got to teach, and I got to preach, but more than that, I got to be blessed uh, by people who have a a harder life than I've ever had, and uh, that'll get you real with the Lord, And and, and and we should talk about the poverty that there is in Cuba, and what does that mean? What does that look like? We should talk about that in our next minutes together.
1: Haven ministry's purpose is to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. Obviously Charles Morris's heart is in the right place, and you could find out more weekdays on our sister station ninety three point nine KPDQ FM on Haven today airing at twelve thirty in the afternoon. More with Charles Morris next on Difference Makers on True Talk eight hundred. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800, and if you tune into our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ FM, you can hear some wonderful teaching on Haven Today, airing weekday afternoons at 12.30 p.m., and our very special guest is its host, Charles Morse. Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us the big picture about what exactly is Haven Today for some of our newer listeners?
2: I would love to, and uh, Mike, uh, Haven Today is Uh, we're 81 years old now. So we started back in the Depression. We started in Los Angeles. Uh, We are still in greater Los Angeles. We're on uh, 700 stations a day around North America. Uh, That would, I think, make us a medium-sized ministry. Fool that I am, I came 15 years ago, the fourth speaker, thinking, well, shoot, I'll just get the strategic plan out, and, and we'll be the biggest thing out there in no time. Well, the, the Lord has a lot to teach all of us, especially me. And, uh, and I'm kind of glad that we're a medium-sized ministry, because the larger you are in ministry, the harder it is to, 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 I think it is, it's harder to follow wherever the Lord is leading you. It's hard to move the boat, the ship. We were called Haven of Rest. In the beginning, and uh, we were that for. Uh, I'm going to guess sixty years. Uh, my predecessor, the late Ray Ortland, um, just one day just said, "We're getting too many calls uh, that we're uh, a retirement home or a crematorium, and we're, we're that's not who we are. So we're dropping the rest. So we just became Haven uh, for. I'm guessing fifteen years, something like that, and then. Um, and then after 9-11, and this may be the, the journalist in me coming back again, uh, the format radically changed uh, on 9-11, Mike. Um, I was with our quartet. We had a music group. That's what you did back then. We had a full-time organist. We had a quartet, male quartet, and they would travel. So when I first came to Haven uh, on 2011, Uh, or September uh, 9th, 2011, we were in Indiana at a radio station, the Quartet and myself. We didn't have the organist by then. And uh, and within two hours of the second plane hitting the second tower at the World Trade Center, we had a new program up. And uh, that was unheard of. We had only recently begun distributing by satellite instead of by... CDs, and before that, reel-to-reel tapes, and way before that, these big old ugly vinyl records that uh, were too big to fit on a normal record player, but radio stations could play them. And uh, uh, and and I gave our producer the unlisted number of a pastor of the largest evangelical church in Manhattan. He thought he had lost two thousand members, parishioners. And it turns out he only lost around 200 by God's just miraculous providence. And so that was the change, and that's when we became haven today. And so like every day, uh, you know, on KPDQ-FM, we at 1230 will talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, The last few days it's been Cuba, but when something huge happens in the world, We will go back in, and we will change the next day's program. Uh, When Osama bin Laden was assassinated here a few years ago, and finally he was taken out, uh, we started at 11 p.m. Pacific time, changing the program. And by about 2 a.m., we had a whole new program up uh, talking about that. And uh, we feel like, you know, when something huge is going on in the world, Christians care about that, too. And they want to know what's going on, but what we can do is more than what the secular media can do. We can point people to Christ Jesus, and, and who's behind history, you know. We can pull that curtain aside, and we can say the Lord reigns, and uh, he cares, and he's allowing whatever this is to happen right now. So that's what we do, and that's a little bit of our history, Mike.
1: Well, Charles, regular listeners here on Difference Makers know that my background comes out of secular media, where... Mm. the expression goes if it bleeds it leads to raise <laughs> ratings to raise ad dollars so they know i wouldn't exactly call myself jaded on it as there much as just a little experienced and not always in some of the most positive aspects of broadcasting yeah okay yeah. that being said do you believe that on the flip side some of the non mainstream media the christian media in particular often tend to bury their heads in the sand about certain issues and not address things that people want to talk about, Christians and non-Christians.
2: Oh, I I certainly agree. I think it it can, Mike, I think it can take both directions. I think Christian media can sometimes become uh, a mouthpiece, a megaphone, for a political agenda, And, and I can just tell you that's not my calling. Uh, at Haven today, and thank I mean, you for that. Uh, well, it's it's my calling is the gospel. It's not to get people to flood the White House and and clog the lines. Um, and and but but then on the other hand, I think there is some of that. You know, we we want to just be we want to be good about things. We we want only good things. Well, we live in a fallen world, you know. We have to deal with reality, and re- reality is uh, humankind, according to Jeremiah, have sinful hearts, and we're in need of new hearts. And the only one that can give us new hearts is, is, is God, through his Spirit, can plant new hearts in us. And uh, and that's by, you know, what Jesus Christ accomplished for us on the cross. We have the best message in the world. We've got, if you know, I have some people tell me, you talk about bad news. And I say, no, I don't. I start with bad news, but I always lead to good news. And the good news always makes it in. I'm not going to end a program with Haven Today ever saying, here's how you should vote I'm going to end that program with. You need Christ Jesus. Have you had a Christ moment in your life today? Are you growing in grace? Are you seeking His favor, or are you just going to moan and bemoan about the problems that we have in the world? Well, we've always had problems, and they and granted they seem to be getting worse today, Mike. We've got to talk about those, but we can't leave it at the problems. And we can't lead people to, to, here's what action we need to take as human beings. It's God who's over history, and God will solve this and bring this human history of ours to a close someday. And I pray it soon. With the
1: Haven of Rest radio program launching back in 1934, I'm sure that you and the team at Haven Ministries have seen a lot of changes over the years. So do you believe that this generation is as open... To hearing the good word of the gospel and hope in these modern times and tragedies?
2: I think so. I think so. I, I think, uh, I, I hate to use the word techniques, but I think sometimes we need to realize the way we have done things may need to change in light of the world that's fast changing around us. But you know, the gospel doesn't change. Uh, the good news hasn't changed. Uh, the preaching of the word of God will still be honored. Now, you know, if you're preaching God's word and you're doing a two-hour sermon and you're putting everybody to sleep, and and you know you're doing a six-month series on the Book of Job or something, well, fooey on you. But I don't think it has to be that way. I think we can make the gospel relevant. And uh, and that's this all about Jesus theme that we have at Haven today. Um, we uh, I am very strong on what's called a Christocentric hermeneutic. Read the Bible the way Jesus read the Bible, and what do I mean by that? Well, I mean if I'm you know i i went to vbs as a little kid i you know went to sunday school i was taught that i needed to dare to be a daniel or be strong like samson well you know you you read the life of samson or you read even the life of david and and it wasn't always pretty it wasn't always great and it's so easy to to do that as opposed to read the Bible like Jesus told us. And on, it's Luke 24, on the first Easter Sunday, on the road to Emmaus, and then he made it even clearer a few verses later in the upper room. He He opened their hearts and their minds so that they could see, and he taught them that all of—they didn't have the New Testament yet then— all of the hebrew bible all of the old testament the three divisions of the old testament are all about me all about jesus and so uh the old testament is not about living a good life and keeping 10 commandments and uh it it's it's pointing ahead to a redeemer i mean before the law was ever given in exodus there were chapter there was chapter after chapter of uh, grace just being dispensed. Grace always comes ahead of law. And today, after Christ has died, we can look back, and because we are saved, and because He does live inside us, then we are called, and we are able by His power to live good lives. Uh, I hate to use the word good. We are called to live lives for Him.
1: Godly lives, which makes it make sense that you've added the word Haven to Haven Today, because not only are you all about telling the great story that's all about Jesus Christ, Uh you're doing it in a way that is relative and relevant to today's audience. And we need that, which is why we need Charles Morris, the host of Haven Today, airing 1230 every weekday afternoon on 93.9 KPDQ. Thank you so much, Charles Morris, for joining us on True Talk 800. My pleasure, Mike. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with Charles Morris, who you hear on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM, weekdays at 12.30 p.m. with Haven Today. Charles, what I love about Haven Today is you're relevant to the real world in its need of Jesus Christ. So can you tell us about the approach that you have to give to today's audience versus maybe past radio ministry?
2: Well, uh, Mike, I, let me relate this to, uh, say, going to seminary and being taught to preach. Now, um, my friend there at Western Seminary, Arturo Lazuria, does not would not fit this mold. But after I left journalism uh, and was in my early thirties, I went to seminary in Philadelphia, and even that just twenty years ago 25 years ago whatever it was um the the uh, the uh, most seminaries in america and i bet you western and multnomah uh would have taught you to preach and in teaching you to preach never be vulnerable you need to just you've got the answers you've you've you are the one that has the answers you're to preach the word and and preach it with vigor uh but um You know, that's not real life, Mike.
1: Well, I grew up with that same mindset. So what do you think that came from? Was it an inability to admit weakness? Was it showing that you had uncertainties might undermine the overall message? What do you think was the reasoning behind that? I
2: think so. I think it was all about being an example. But what is reality is Christ is our only true example. Uh, I am a recovering Pharisee. Uh, what I must do to live for Christ and 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 to be filled with Christ is I have to preach the gospel to myself every day, and if I don't do that, and there are days when I don't do that, my life is miserable, Mike. And to try to put on that everything's a okay and nothing wrong, you know, life is nice and and I'm going great. Well, that's living out a big lie. And the Christian faith is not about living a lie. The Christian faith is about admitting, I'm a sinner and I've got to repent of my sins every day, but praise God, I'm forgiven by Christ. I do believe I'm forgiven once and for all uh, by Christ's death on the cross, but the fact is, Christians through the century are called to ask daily for their forgiveness of their sins, and that came from the model prayer that Jesus taught us uh, to, to confess our sin, but then he is faithful to forgive us of our sin. And then he leads us in the way of righteousness. Um, I I think just trying to be as real as you possibly can is, is, is the calling for every Christian leader out there. And the fact that we fall down, uh, the fact that I'm bald-headed, and I walk with a, a bit of a limp because I had polio when I was 18 months old, that's real life, Mike. And uh, and you know, I speak living down here in Southern California, you know. It's it's fast cars, belt bodies, you, you know, you you you'd be, everybody's blonde here, at least women down here in Southern California. You know, well, let's not put on airs, let's put on Christ and just be who we are and ask him to use our lives for him and grow the kingdom. And that's why I enjoyed going to Cuba. That's why Cuba was so exciting, Mike. Tell us about your trip to Cuba. Oh, hey, glad you asked, Mike, again. Uh, Well, uh, (laughs) let me talk about the poverty, and that fits in with the lack of Bibles. Um, The average salary, monthly salary in Cuba – whether you're a doctor or a street sweeper, the collective average salary is 30 to $40 a month. Uh, the average, if we think pastors are paid, we pastors are paid poorly in America, well, think about Cuba. The average pastor's salary in Cuba is $15 a month. Uh, a bar of soap will take about 10% of your monthly income to buy. Uh, housing is somewhat subsidized. Uh, the, the, uh, they do give a loaf of bread to everybody in the country every day. Children under seven get a ration of milk every day. But, uh, but let's just put it this way. They don't have enough of what they need. Outside of the guest house where I stayed, uh, I never saw toilet paper in a restroom. They don't have it. It's just not available. They don't have enough of it. Uh, so you can imagine on Haven Today, we're raising money uh, over several days, continuing in, and have in the prior last few days uh, to ask people to support a $5 gift of a Bible. And most everybody's doing 20 Bibles or something. We've had some people give us 100 Bibles, 1,500 Bibles. But five dollars a Bible. Well, you, if your income and you're supporting a family is only fifteen dollars a month, you can't buy a Bible. And uh, so we we're raising money at five dollars a Bible, and that's a hardback Bible, printed on high quality India paper, because if you and that'll last for years. Otherwise, if you just go with a flimsy paperback Bible, that's a lot cheaper. In that hot tropical, humid climate. The Bible would just be destroyed in a matter of months. Um, I was praying before the trip, Mike, about what could we take in, and and some of our guys that we took with us took soccer balls. We all took some medicines, over-the-counter medicines. They have the highest number of doctors in the world um, uh, per capita. Um, Africa, Uh, They have more doctors just in Cuba than all of Africa, but they have no medicine. (laughs) You go into a pharmacy and, you know, there's two or three items on the shelves. So I thought, I wonder if we could take in some study Bibles. And I checked around. The only study Bible in Spanish is the NIV study Bible, and it's a good one. So we got 72 of those. We got Zondervan to give them to us at cost. So we loaded these into big black bags and took them through. We got them through customs, alright. So this is the new Cuba. Bibles are being allowed now. And Mike, I have, we gave all 72 away. We gave them away to pastors, leaders of churches, uh, and also seminary students. We spoke at two seminaries. I have never seen so many grown men, pastors, cry in my life because they had never seen a study Bible. I'm talking the head of the Assemblies of God. I'm talking the head of a seminary of a hundred students. They had never seen a study Bible. There's That's, a need there.
1: It's incredible what we take for granted here on a daily basis. How many Bibles do you have on your bookshelf at home? Oh my you ever goodness. go to Goodwill or one of the... Uh, How many do you just see piles and piles and piles of Bibles, and yet here are grown men in Cuba crying because they finally, for the first time in their entire lives, have possession of a study Bible?
2: Yes, they don't have resources. Highly educated, 99.8% literacy rate, one of the highest literacy rates in the world. They may not have medicine, but the life expectancy in Cuba is just about the exact same as the United States.
1: Well, that's surprising, huh?
2: A lot of I, I was surprised in so many ways. I had great, I had really great uh, black beans and rice most nights. Uh, didn't have any beef. Uh, I think one night I had some beef. A lot of pork, uh, chicken, uh, fresh fruit. They grow that. And uh, but but back to what I said earlier. Uh, you ask them how can we help. Uh, they don't want Americans just coming in with with you know big. Fat rolls of money, and here we're going to buy this, and we're going to buy you that. But one thing they really do need is Bibles, and uh, so I I just hope listeners to the program today can say, you know, I can do five Bibles for twenty five dollars, or I can do, you know, twenty Bibles for hundred dollars, I guess. Uh, That's something I could do. I think that would be the most significant. I can't wait to be with my wife. We're we're apart right now, but we'll be together to be able to get on our knees. And we we took on a few more missionary responsibilities of helping out and things than we had planned on. But I know if we get on our knees and pray, we're going to figure out how we can give some Bibles to people in Cuba. And And it
1: starts right here. All right. Yeah, Charles Morris yeah. is the host of Haven Today. And, Charles, please let us know what is the best way to get in contact with you regarding donations to bring Bibles in Spanish down to Cuba where they desperately need the Word of God.
2: Okay. Uh, website, of course, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us toll free, 800 654. Twenty-eight, thirty-six. 36. That's 865 Haven. Not a penny for Haven, not a dime. 100 cents on the dollar. We pass it through with no handling fee. So whatever about anybody sends will be passed on for Bibles. That $5 includes, we're working with the United Bible Societies, and uh, they have an arrangement with the government to do this and the, the Bible Commission of Cuba. This will print a Bible in South Korea, uh, but it gets the Bible delivered to the Bible Commission, and it is not the government distributing these Bibles. It is fellow Christians in the churches of Cuba that are distributing these Bibles.
1: You can hear Charles Morris weekdays at 1230 on 93.9 KPDQ-FM on his program, Haven Today, and to donate Bibles, won't you please... Give them a call. 1-800-65-HAVEN. That's 1-800-654-2836. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thank you so much for joining us here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And if you've listened to our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM, you'll really enjoy Haven Today airing weekdays at 1230 with the host and our current guest, Charles Morris. Charles, thank you so much for sharing all the things that you are doing through not only Haven Ministries but also in Cuba.
2: Oh, Mike, it's great to be with you on the on on have, be on the line with you and to just be able to share uh, just exciting news of of me just getting back from Cuba and seeing what the Lord is doing there and. Uh, um i think i've i've seen i've been to a lot of places but but um uh and i i've i've been to a number of places i don't want to say i'm a world traveler but i've been in closed countries china several times and i've i felt in the air uh, oppression uh but what i felt was a sense of the spirit and like a like an old pastor of mine when i we lived in philadelphia said where the spirit is moving try to get there. Try to see what's going on. Try to become part of that. Be blessed yourself for the Spirit moving. And there is a revival going on. And, and uh, I told you the other day that, uh, that uh, uh, the baseball coach uh, from Corbin University is there right now with his baseball team. <laughs> and they, they are in the easternmost province of Cuba, they are playing baseball, but, but that's the subterfuge for the visit, you know. They they are there sharing Jesus Christ, uh, and they're using baseball because baseball is uh, – some have jokingly said it's the number one religion in the country, uh, and that is a joke. And coffee is not the second biggest religion in the country, but uh, although they drink a lot of Cuban coffee. But uh, just power to Jeff McKay. And his baseball team from Corbin uh, right now that are there on the front line for the gospel and you know isn't it amazing when we're doing what the Lord wants us to do it's fun so here are these baseball players from college out there and they're playing baseball and having a great time doing it, although I got to tell you it is i i i it's hot and um, I've been in Haiti before, but never in June uh like being in in Cuba. And, uh, but they're doing it these young guys are out there playing ball but then what they're doing is they're sharing the gospel with uh, Cuban baseball players and uh, they're they're doing it for their Lord and uh, I'm sure much fruit is being born right now i I talked to Jeff before he left and I look forward to talking with him when he gets back but this uh, just, just an amazing story. So,
1: kudos to the warriors of Corbin University for going down to <laughs> Cuba, not just to play baseball, but to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to these. That's right. Players and these people who who are just aching to hear more, and they'll hear more, they'll read more when we donate Bibles in this. yes Bible starved country of Cuba. So Charles can you tell us what really struck you? Do you have any other great stories about why you're doing what you're doing in Cuba?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the theme of Bibles Mike um, um, you know in the in the in the history of Cuba, the revolution was 59. I think it was 1960, when Castro, with 9,000 troops, entered Havana. Batista, the dictator president, fled the country, and uh, Castro took over. Nobody knew he was going to become a communist at that point. He nationalized industries. uh, So that means he took all the American companies' interests and didn't pay for them. So all the sugar companies that were down there, and uh, I don't know what else was there, but a lot of industry was there. He took all that. And so the U.S. cut off relations. And that's how it's been ever since for half a century, more than half a century. And uh, so he needed help, and he 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 went in with the Soviets, the old Soviet Union. and uh, But when the Soviet Union fell, uh, all the advisors were taken out. But uh, uh, that's when things began to change just little by little by little. But when the Soviets came in, they demanded atheism. They demanded that Bibles be confiscated and burned. And there was a seven-year-old boy who, whose grandmother had been given a Bible by another woman, and this little boy's grandmother had underlined all the bi- verses she could find in the Bible relating to salvation. And they did not turn in that Bible in a little village way outside of Havana. And, uh, and secretly, uh, families in this village would get together and would share these, especially share these verses related to salvation. That's how that seven-year-old boy eventually met Jesus. And that seven-year-old boy is today the head of his churches, his denomination in the country, and all because his grandmother underlined those verses and refused to give the Bible away. Uh, Mike, uh, I bet I heard 30 stories like that in the last few days. Uh, it's just incredible. Um I call them Christ moments, you know, (laughs) how Christ just shows up and and just makes himself known, and we saw that so many times. Uh, took about 12 of us down there and uh, got in on religious visas on the way out. My former assistant, who's now in seminary, uh, grew up as a missionary kid in Mexico, so he's fluent in Spanish, but he could also translate sermons, and I had him preach himself, and and it was quite moving. He gets on his plane to come back to the West Coast, lands at Miami International on the chartered airplane, gets on this next plane, and who is the pilot of the plane but an elder in his church from San Diego, California? No way. And his church had been praying for his trip to Cuba that the Lord would use him in mighty ways. Well, I got a text from him, uh, and he shared with me that Christ moment neither of them knew they would run into each other and that's just the way the Lord works uh, we saw a lot of Christ moments but uh, but but the need right now uh, as more and more people it's, it's 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 they can't keep up with Bibles fast enough because too many people are coming to faith in Christ they want Christians to have Bibles they would like to get to the point where non-christians could be given Bibles but thats not the way it is right now, so I would just encourage Oregon listeners, and I guess we got some Washington listeners too, uh, to just save another life, like this seven-year-old boy whose grandmother refused to, to to give the Bible away, to give it, turn it in. Others did in their village. This was the only Bible left in a village of a few hundred people, whereas before. Castro, uh, every home would have had a Bible because it's predominantly a Catholic nation might not read it, but they would have a Bible
1: These Bibles are just five dollars they are personally designed to be able to withstand just the whole climate and the area down in Cuba for these people who are desperate for the word of God and let's face mm-hmm. it folks i'm going to spend more than ten bucks by myself at Burgerville. Can you imagine the impact <laughs> years down the line of sending well, two Bibles down there, or twenty, or two hundred Bibles down to Cuba with Haven Ministries?
2: Well, Mike, let's not get too personal because I love Burgerville. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> I love those onion rings once a week once a year that they carry from Walla Walla, Walla Walla onions, you know. <laughs> but 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 you you are so right. Um we have so much, and we don't think we have so much, you know. Uh, everybody I met, and I'm on a ministry salary, you know. I'm not on a huge salary at Haven Ministries. I'm on a ministry salary. I could have bought and sold every Cuban I met probably three or five times over. Um, and, you know, if, if that most of them, many would have these old cars out of the 50s that they still drive, uh, and uh, you know, I would call that a treasure, but you know, it's not a way that you can really. These 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 cars and the buildings are not lasting, and uh, but what is going to last? Uh, what's going to last is is our faith in Christ and uh, His calling us to be His, to belong to Him, and so I I just my prayer right now, Mike. and and will be when we get off the air, is that the Lord would just touch some listeners right now. Because, like I've said more than once, we don't take a handling fee out at Haven. One hundred cents on every dollar of these five-dollar Bibles is going uh, to put Bibles in the hands of those whose lives can be changed.
1: Charles, who put the seed in your heart to come to know the Lord in the first place?
2: Well, I was about 16 years old and I went to uh, uh, a revival service at a church and I heard a sermon on the cross and that night and I really it really impacted me and that night I went home at age 16 uh, I had my Bible uh, and I just started reading John the Gospel of John and by the time I was halfway through, I knew I was free I knew I was born again that's um uh, that's a, a pastor that I I, I I haven't talked to him since. I was 16 years old. I don't even know if he's still alive. He was just a few years older than me at that point. But that's, that's what the Lord used. But then the Lord used my years as a Jonah, as I said, uh, running from the Lord, running away from him. Buying a ticket to Tarshish as far as away, uh, away as I could get from where he was calling me to go, but the Lord is like that, you know. He's very patient with us and works with us, and He worked with me. And as even as He was sifting me, and all I can just say is praise God and thank you, Lord.
1: Well, amen to that. Faith comes from hearing, friends, and they'll hear the Word of God. When you donate your gift of a Bible for just five dollars, Charles Morris is the host of Haven today, airing weekdays at twelve thirty p.m. on our sister station ninety-three point nine KPDQ FM. Charles, thanks so much for coming on and being our guest
2: today. Oh, my, my pleasure, and. uh We'll go find us a Burgerville the next time I come through, okay?
1: <laughs> I look forward to it. To donate your Bible, please give them a call, 1-800-65-HAVEN. That's 1-800-654-2836. Or check out their website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Thank you for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800